Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. This week, we'll be talking about week three of The Bachelorette, Kim Kardashian's 40th birthday trip to a private island, and the hologram of Robert Kardashian that was gifted to Kim from Kanye West himself. Let's discuss. Are you there? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I couldn't see you because it's, it's five o'clock and it's dark as shit outside, but I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you. You know, our listeners, they might be confused. They might actually think that we are sitting in the same room right now, even though we're not. Or we're they're four. listening, or they're listening to the Zoom recording because we didn't end up figuring out the audio like we thought we did, in which case, please disregard this message. Yeah, we might be getting a little overconfident here, but I just want to say that nobody came through on, you know, an audio engineer offer or any recommendations. And so we had to take matters into our own hands. And we've been doing a lot of audio um, experimenting tonight, and it's either going to pay off or not at all. Yeah, it's either going to pay off in dividends or ruin our mental health for one more week and keep us in the purgatory that is 2020 for... An indefinite future, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> like I just want to know why we picked probably the most stressful week of the entire year to test out our audio and potentially ruin an entire episode. Like there's already enough happening this week, but we just really like to take chances and take risks, and that's what makes us different. No, like I just want to up the ante a little bit. Like life is hell. Like I want to see how far we can go. Yeah, I like I like living dangerously. Anyways, we have so much to discuss, so should we just go right into the question of the day? I'm ready. Okay. Do you have it? Or- <laughs> you're like, wait, you're like, wait, I didn't come prepared. I got it. No got worries. It. No, 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 no. I have it. No, 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 I actually, no, I, I had it first. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, no, I don't worry, doll. Um, okay, so <laughs> what has been your favorite and least favorite quarantine trend? Now, are we talking about TikTok trends or just quarantine in general, like bread or toilet paper? Both. I would say like a mix of, you know, just Instagram trends, TikTok trends, overall quarantine trends, everything. Okay. Well, I feel like the ones that I think about the most are TikTok because I'm a TikTok who. So the first thing that comes to mind is that Dalgona coffee, the whipped coffee. (gasps) No, that was my answer. Oh, well, me snoozy woos. <laughs> but the thing about it is, like, I'll never make it again. <laughs> and I've only made it that one time. And yet, it just lives rent-free in my mind. Like, I just think about Dalgona coffee sometimes, and I'm like, damn, sounds nice. But then I don't do anything about it. <laughs> Wait, you only made it one time? Well, I maybe made it, like, two to three times, but it was, like, <laughs> in the general span of time, you know? I mean, okay, so that that was like, your right? favorite. Yeah. You can't say it was your favorite and then only have made it one time. Okay, well, can I say what my least favorite was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger King. Mm. Like, Tiger King was a statistical anomaly. It's the only way that I can describe the, the popularity that Tiger King reached was simply right time, right place. I just, I can't picture another time in space or in another universe, as we know that there are many, obviously, where Tiger King pops off the way it does. 
and how Kim Kardashian dresses up and like everybody and their mother dresses up as Carol Baskin and all of her tigers and her dead husband. Something just, something ain't right with that. No, Carol Baskin really picked a great time for this show to premiere or just be released because, yeah, she should not be as famous as she is today. However, I kind of, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like Emily in Paris is the exact same way. I think if Emily in Paris had premiered in in another year, another galaxy, a different lifetime, it would not be number one on Netflix. Well, and the thing about Netflix is they decide what's popular. Like, they just keep it on your homepage until you watch it. And they, anything that's popular on Netflix is always a Netflix original. That's not a coincidence. It's because they are forcing those things to the top. So, Netflix, you're sus. Okay, now we're like getting, we're getting off topic, uh, per usual. I know, we don't don't have the time today. Because we're running on fumes. I'll quickly answer. My favorite was going to be, Also, the Dalgona coffee, but since you stole that from me, my next favorite would probably be the tie-dye trend. I just think that was like a fun, fun little moment for everybody. You know, we didn't have anything to wear but sweats. And so it was fun to see everybody getting so DIY creative with that, you know? Did you do a tie-dye? Nope. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. But I like, I really enjoyed it. And I usually get annoyed when people are all wearing the same thing. But for some reason, the tie-dye sweatpants and like the sweatsuits really did it for me. Uh, Least favorite would be, do you remember at the very start of quarantine when every celebrity was doing Instagram lives? I know that seems like 10 years ago, but do you remember that brief moment in time? No, honestly. Really? No. Oh my God. Yeah. It was in March and it was when everybody was panicking, like, oh my God, Broadway's closed and all the tours are getting canceled and concerts. And so every Insta- or every celebrity that ever existed was going live on Instagram with each other. And it was like, everybody was trying to create their own talk show and just every oh. day I'd get 20 notifications, like Kim Kardashian's live, Jimmy Fallon is live. It was like every Instagrammer or celebrity decided that they were going to start a talk show the way that everybody else decided they were going to start a business. And I'm exactly. subtweeting ourselves. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a business. You have to make money to be a business. So. <laughs> okay. Well, good to know. I mean, I don't know what my favorite was. Like, I guess because you're mad at me about the whole Dalgona thing. Um, well, you stole it from me, so you it. might as well keep it. If you're going to okay. steal, then just keep it. Yeah. That's the rules mm-hmm. of stealing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, should we just dive right into the first topic of the day? Let's just get into it. Week three of The Bachelorette was a lot like the election, okay? It was stressful and really difficult to watch. So because there's so much to cover this week, we're going to keep our recap short and sweet and just focus most of our time on all the tweets Claire was liking last week that were hinting at her exit from the show. So for a basic, basic recap of week three. Very first up, Yosef yells at Claire. Claire pulls an Uno reverse card on Yosef and says, you know what? You are done. Don't ever talk to me like that. I would never want my children having a father like you. And then Yosef probably punched a wall and left. Honestly, we don't want to spend that much time touching on it because he's a thirst monster and that's all there is to it. Then there's a group date where Claire cancels the actual date and just has a cocktail party where Dale immediately whisks her away and just makes out with her in her hotel room until Easy, who by the way is on the right side, mm-hmm. tracks him down and interrupts. And then as soon as Dale's tongue leaves her throat, she's seen asking the producers, could we like kind of hurry the rest along? And to nobody's surprise, Dale gets the group date rose. 
Zach J gets the one-on-one -on -one date. They awkwardly hang out in a pool. We witness a kiss attempt more awkward than Blake's rejected kiss from last week. And then he gets sent home. Finally, the guys get to participate in a roast on the second group date and basically roast the shit out of Dale, which leads Claire to not only focus all of her one-on-one -on -one conversations on Dale, but also helps her decide that nobody on that group date deserves the rose. When she walks back to her room, she tells the producer, quote, I really don't think I can sit there and go, you dished on my fiance so hard. Like, I can't be doing that. It doesn't feel right. Emphasis on fiance. Yes, that was bolded. <laughs> Just when we think all hope is lost, they finally show a preview of Taisha at the end of the episode, signaling to us that by this week, we might finally have a new bachelorette. But the pool shot really wasn't necessary. It, was, it ruined it. It ruined the entrance for me. Now, we wanted to provide that recap just to kind of jog everyone's memory. I know it's been a couple of days and Bachelor's whole schedule is off right now due to the impending election. So what we wanted to do is just briefly remind everyone of what happened last week. And then what we're going to do is take a look at Claire's liked tweets from the week of that episode because I think it's just the quickest way to get to all of the nitty-gritty details about the criticisms that she's been facing this week and give our thoughts. The first tweet that she liked says, quote, the pushback Claire is facing when she establishes boundaries for herself is honestly a terrifying marker for where we are as a society. And this is referring to the awkward kiss with Zach J. So I wanted to discuss and address this because I feel like it's a really interesting conversation. There's been a lot of, um, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess just criticism of the way that Claire handled that situation. And it comes from a place of like, so she goes in, she reaches in for the kiss. She like stops right in front of his face. And then at some point she thinks that he like pulled away from her and then she pulls back and then he kind of grabs her neck and he's like, wait, wait, no, 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 blah, blah, blah. Come back in. Like, I wanted to kiss you. I was waiting for you to kiss me. And then she kind of gets a little bit anxious, nervous, you know, visibly upset and uncomfortable. And this, like the worst... <laughs> Um, interaction I've ever seen on Bachelor ensues. And I just have to say, like, I don't really, I was on TikTok the day after, and I didn't really enjoy seeing the criticism of Claire when it comes to, like, you try to kiss him, like, you're trying to make this a assault thing. And I personally don't feel like she was trying to make it an assault thing, but more so that she probably has some sort of past trauma with that kind of situation. And so the physical act of like him grabbing her neck and, you know, pulling her, trying to pull her back in made her uncomfortable. I think it's just kind of shitty to be like, oh, she's trying to make it like that he's a bad guy. I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. I just think she's, you know, she was uncomfortable and clearly they were not vibing. Whether or not it was because of Dale and because she was, you know, already has made her mind up. She was uncomfortable. She was picking up all these mixed signals. Apparently she thought that he was pulling away when she went in to kiss him. There is the question of like, why did you even go in to kiss him if you weren't feeling it? But all in all, I did not like the criticism surrounding the situation as horrifying as it was to watch. And as much as I don't think that the guy, what's his face, Zach, did anything wrong, I think it was just like kind of a misunderstanding. And it definitely sucks for him because he, you know, was just trying to vibe and she just was not vibing at all. But I don't think that she's like a horrible person for this. It just was tough, tough to watch. 
Yeah, this is one of those situations where you just hate to see it from both parties. Claire definitely, I mean, watching it back, which I unfortunately did a million times, even though I shouldn't have, he didn't pull away whatsoever, but maybe she felt him because like her hand was behind his head. So maybe she felt some movement and just freaked out. But she went in 90% of the way. He didn't make any movement, but he didn't pull back. I think then she just freaked out and started panicking like, oh God, rejection, run away. And I agree. I don't think he meant to hurt her or harm her. However, his grabbing was a little aggressive and it did make me uncomfortable. Like I didn't like the neck grabbing. I'm like, why are we going for the neck? I did not like how he grabbed her stomach. Like that was super weird for me. And then I at first was trying to get a read on what was going through Claire's head. But when she's walking away and is saying, let's just get ready for dinner. Let's just get ready for dinner. And he pulls her back. You can literally see the fear in her eyes. And that's what freaked me out. I was like, okay, Zach, buddy, like, let's stop this train wreck right now. And probably, so I think what could have happened in order to resolve that situation is, well, I think maybe he could have avoided. I mean, the, the issue I feel what happened was when he started to get quote unquote physical, not that he was being, you know, not that he was putting her in any sort of like physical danger or pain, but just the act, physical act of like grabbing her, grabbing her neck, grabbing her waist. That was kind of where it seemed to sort of crumble in Claire's eyes. And he clearly just like didn't even, he wasn't sensitive to that at all. I don't think, you know, he was sitting at that dinner table waiting for her to come, wondering where is she? Like, what did I do? Like replaying that situation over and over and over again. So it just... Honestly, I don't know. She didn't have to go and even dump him. Like, it just wasn't a good match. No, and I wish I wish Chris Harrison, again, missed opportunities from Bachelor producers. I wish he would have walked up to him. And you could just see the fear in Zach's eyes as Chris Harrison walked up. And I wish he just would have said, two things have been canceled tonight. This dinner and you. <laughs> no, he hasn't <laughs> been canceled. It was just, it was tough to watch. But I just wanted to touch on that because... We are going to do some some light criticizing of Claire, and I think that she, like anyone in Bachelor Nation, is not free from criticism, but this was just one area where I felt like it was, people were just hammering in because they made, it made them feel really uncomfortable, and this was one of the areas where I understood Rachel, previous Bachelorette Rachel's perspective, where it's like, you guys are laying in on Claire, and you're not giving her the benefit of the doubt at all. So I am team Claire on this side, and not anti-Zach, yep. but... I, I support think, this like. Yeah, non-Claire supporters in the context of this situation are on the wrong side. Agree. Now, moving into one other tweet that I wanted to touch on because it is very in-depth. It was several tweets back-to-back. Claire liked all of them. This was not a famous person. It was just a random person who had hashtagged the Bachelorette. And Claire seemed to vehemently agree with this person's take. So I want to read them out, and then Emily and I are going to discuss. So here we go. It says... I think they were trying to force her out on some level. It was reported that she quit 12 days after filming and she locked herself in her room and wouldn't come out, which is hard to believe considering how bad she wanted it. I really feel like they are giving her a bad edit, feeding into the narrative and the rumors and making it seem like it was Claire's decision that this ended, and I feel like that's not the case. They had Tasha quarantined nine days after Claire started filming. They wanted to remove Claire. Production knows exactly what they were doing. They were ready with a backup, and as soon as they found out that Claire was in Dale, it was a wrap. Don't you see with how the last two episodes have been produced, there's no drama and the drama that they've shown has been dramatized and fixated to make Claire look a certain type of way. So Emily, do you want to 
I just talked a lot. So do you have any initial takes before I go on a rampage? I agree with this theory. I think that Claire, even though she is obsessed with Dale and it, it would be the most boring season and hard to watch season if they did keep her as a bachelorette, I think she would want to say it's a bachelorette because she wants a full experience. Like, I think that even though she thinks it's a chore to just go through all 30 of these men while she waits for Dale, she's still going to get Dale at the end. She knows that. And she gets more screen time. So then she gets more famous. She gets more followers. There's more room for drama. And like, I think she would want to stay the entire season because why not? She's going to end up with Dale. I couldn't actually, I couldn't disagree more. (gasps) Oh, I'm actually shocked that you have this opinion because her eyes are clearly set on Dale. I mean, there's, I know, I, okay. I believe that there is a certain degree of editing going on. Like when Claire is liking these, she liked another tweet that said, I would wager to say that there are many reasons where the lead talks about their front runner just as much as Claire talks about Dale. We just don't see it. And I think that's probably true. Like we heard from Colton that he knew that Cassie was the winner like very early on. There are plenty of past leads who have known that they knew that they like decided who they were going to pick. And then it was just a matter of getting through to the end. I don't think that Claire wanted to go through with it. I mean, maybe it's just the editing and like putting in the clips of like, oh, can we hurry this along? Or, oh, that's my fiance or blah, blah, blah. But there's this whole conspiracy going around that Bachelor like wanted to kick her out. I mean, okay, if they wanted to kick her out, would not the reason be that she had her heart set on one person so she was no longer going to be good entertainment and good TV? Like, and that might be the case. And in that, if that's the case, I don't really feel that bad for Claire because they're right and they have to all make their living off of this and they need it to be a good season. It's quarantine. It's Corona. This could be like their most popular season yet. And how crazy would it be if they brought an entirely new bachelorette and had the other one leave? Like if they try to get her out, it's because she's unsuitable to be the bachelorette. It's not because, and this is just my take, I don't know for sure at all, but it's not because she's like, there's like some conspiracy against her and they're trying to kick her out because she sucks ass and like she they all just hate her and blah 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 editing can take you so far but everything she said in that episode she said all of those conversations with the guys about oh well what did dale say why is dale the favorite like did dale say that and like all of the guys literally going back to the campfire being like what the actual fuck am i doing here I just don't feel like you can script that. And it seems like that's what Claire is trying to allude to in these liked tweets that Bachelor wanted her out and they had this magnificent plan to get her out as soon as they could. When in reality, I think it's like she literally saw Dale step out first thing when they first met and she was head over heels in love with him. And so then they're like, you know what, we probably should have a backup just in case this doesn't work out because it seems like Claire is obsessed. So I think that that's what happened. Well, okay, here's my position. Do you remember when Caitlin Bristow, and I cannot think of her last name, but I remember her first name was Britt, and they both showed up, and then all of a sudden Chris Harrison was like, the men get to choose who will be the bachelorette. Mm -hmm. I kind of get a similar vibe with this season, except they didn't tell Claire So they're trying to kind of blindside her with, oh, spoiler alert, like we've got another bachelorette here. And I think I have a theory that even if Dale, if that connection with Dale hadn't been formed, I think they would have brought Tasha in anyway. And just had to be this crazy twist of like, 
we've got two bachelorettes. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And I feel like maybe quarantine is just turning me into a conspiracy theorist. But I just, I get a similar vibe to that. I think it was like 2015 to that experience where they just wanted to have two women because it's something that Bachelor Nation won't expect. And I think they probably also predicted that Claire was just not going to be good on TV and that fans wouldn't like her. But I I agree with everything you're saying. I agree with her clear obsession of Dale. And I don't think, yeah, like there's only so much editing can do. Like she is saying all those things like, let's speed that up. Like, let's get all these guys out of here. And she's definitely dumping guys left and right pretty quickly. But I think she knows that if another bachelorette comes in, like Tasha, especially someone like Tasha, who everyone loves, then all of a sudden she's the bad guy and she's the shitty bachelorette and she doesn't want that image. So I feel like even if she went through a whole season of obsessing over Dale and just like weeding through all the other rats, you know, on her way to Dale, even if it's a bad season, people can't compare her to anybody else. But now that Tasha's coming in, Claire is like ultimate trash in everybody's eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could be right. It just seems nobody is that. It seems like too much you of a You could mastermind. be right, but it, it seems <laughs> but <you're> wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Ultimately, I don't really think, I agree. I don't think that Claire deserves like the level of hatred she's getting. I think if we want to be hating on a lead, let's hate on the Peter Webbers of the world. Let's hate on the Juan Pablos of the world. Like, I mean, honestly, Peter Weber didn't even really deserve it, but he was just like the most horrid. He was just too immature to be the bachelor and he was extremely unfit. And it seems like, but I'm sure if I like met him in daily life, maybe he's a good guy. So yeah, Claire's definitely getting a bad edit and I hope that this doesn't, I don't know, she seems like to be taking it all really to heart and she's very passionate and emotional, not like a negative way, but she definitely like wears her heart on her sleeve. So I just only hope that she doesn't totally get sharded on, but any criticisms we have of her are in good fun until further notice. I mean, maybe she'll do something fucked up later and then we'll have to rescind that statement, but that's where I stand. Okay, we can find. I'm really sorry for all the crazy theories. I think I kind of just went off the rails there, but you did, I, because I, I thought have... we were on the same page. Like, what happened last week? We were texting. We were completely aligned. I was like, "Damn, yes!" Like, we are on the right side. And now you're out here fucking QAnoning my life. I know. Like... I know. I need to get off Facebook. I just I I thought about Caitlyn and that other girl Brit, and then it just sent me spiraling. I understand. Well, honestly, I think that really covers it. Like, we don't need to go in depth. We will be watching The Bachelorette episode this Thursday. This is launching on a Tuesday, so it'll be shortly after that. And a lot of the tables are going to turn, so we're going to have a lot of new conversations to have to have. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. There's simply no way of knowing, but we're looking forward to covering it yet again. All right, so let's transition on to our next topic, and that is Kim's (laughs) private island 40th birthday vacation. So Kim Kardashian recently flew her closest friends and family to a private island to celebrate her 40th birthday, she told fans about, in a post that said the following. 40 and feeling so humbled and blessed. There is not a single day that I take for granted, especially during these times when we are all reminded of the things that truly matter. For my birthday this year, I couldn't think of a better way to spend it than with some of the people who have helped shape me into the woman I am today. Before COVID, I don't think any of us truly appreciated what a simple luxury it was to be able to travel and be together with family and friends in a safe environment. After two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine, 
I surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal for just a brief moment in time. We danced, rode bikes, swam near whales, kayaked, watched a movie on the beach, and so much more. I realized that for most people, this is something that is so far out of reach right now. So in moments like these, I am humbly reminded of how privileged my life is. Hashtag, this is 40. That was a great <laughs> impression of Kim Kardashian. I almost forgot that I was podcasting. I thought I was in a whole other world. Well, as you can guess, and as you probably saw, what ensued was just complete and total criticism of the Kardashian, the, Kadar- right. the Kardashians, the Kardashian mm-hmm. family, everything they stand for. It was a dark time. And there were a lot of thoughts going around. I think there are two kind of buckets of people. You could probably break them out into more finite ones. But generally speaking, there were the people who were like, who gives a shit? If we had the money, we would do the same thing. Kim, you know, makes her living off of posting about her life on social media. Why would we expect her to keep this part of her life a secret? They are on a whole level other stratosphere. And like, why are we surprised, basically? And then there's the other side, which is, you know, fuck the Kardashians. Like, literally, what the fuck? Why should I have to be fucking We're watching so this over shit them. while I'm sitting at home in the same house with the same people for the last six months or however long it's been, six to seven months. Meanwhile, they get access to private jets and COVID tests and people waiting on them hand and foot on a private island. And honestly... I think I stand somewhere firmly in the middle. <laughs> what about you, Emily? I also feel a bit Switzerlandy on this one. <laughs> I've gone in waves. I've, I've kind of been expressing like... I've gone I've, in major I've waves. kind of been experiencing, yeah, like, again, the stages of grief. And it really bothers me that I don't know where the island is, that they can't say. I think they said it was, like, French Polynesia or something. And then they said it was like a completely private island that was closed to tourism or something. And they, they justified it by saying that they brought so much to the local economy. And yeah. I mean, on some, on some level, I agree. And we've talked about on this show before about how in many ways the Kardashians are untouchable and it's just a waste of energy and space to even criticize them or expect them to respond or expect them to care when people have criticisms. And this was definitely one of those things that went a little bit past the PR point. What I mean by that, it was like so much national discussion and coverage about this one situation that they actually did like a subtle addressing of the the subject, which was through- Which is how you know it's bad. Exactly, which was, well, how you know it's really bad is if the person under criticism actually has to, like, release a statement, which Kim does, like, once a month. That is so true. There's literally stages to their PR response, depending on how bad the situation is. Sometimes the PR response is literally scheduling an interview for one of the family members to then speak to it. And why is it always on Ellen? I haven't even pieced that together. It is always a sister. Yeah, it's always a sister or Chris on Ellen. No, and, and it was Chloe who Ellen was like, oh, you received a lot of pushback. And then Chloe was the one who came out to be like, yeah, well, we're just like stimulating the economy. And like everybody was so happy to have us there and blah, 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 whatever. So it's like, I understand their defense and they had to have that defense prepared. I mean, part of Kim posting about it, honestly, I think was like, 
this is going to get out because we're inviting like 40 of our family and friends to come. So let me just get ahead of it by recognizing how privileged I am and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that helped a little bit, like, I guess, but I'm still butter and I'm still jealous. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I'm fucking jealous. I wish that I could go to a private island with 40 of, well, I don't have 40 friends, but some of my best <laughs> friends and chill out and be weighted on hand and foot, but I can't. And not to get political, even though this is a political podcast, we've made that very clear. Like, the genre <laughs> of this podcast is politics. And mm-hmm. them, you know? Yeah, we're actually, we're changing it on Apple. I'm not going to sit back and say, oh, the Kardashians will do what they do and it doesn't matter and say, oh, they're free from criticism because they, they just, they're just above it all. They can't be criticized. I'm not going to say that because that's not the truth. Like the truth is that every member of that family has some of the highest reach of all celebrity and or fig- public figures in our country, in the, in the world. I think the minute that we stop holding them accountable or just at least having these discussions, keeping them like down to earth as possible, or at least remembering that they literally are still human and that they have a ginormous impact. That's what matters to me. Like Kanye's fucking sitting here telling people to vote for him and write him in on the ballots that he's not on. And Kim is on here telling us to vote, but specifically not telling us who to vote for because she knows that it's an image thing she's probably voting for Kanye or if she's not like that's that's something that should be known I feel because the influence that she has just knowing that she is related to Kanye in such a close way it's irresponsible so I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah the Kardashians are just dumb influencers and we don't have to listen to them no like they've immersed themselves into politics into policy Like, I am not going to pretend like they are above being able to be criticized. No. Piggybacking off of this, this whole thing, I think when Kim made the announcement that they were on the private island and, you know, how how they were celebrating her 40th, right after this, Kendall has a massive birthday party for her 25th birthday. And there was, like, a picture that was posted of something she had at the party that was like, don't post on social media, Mm -hmm. no posts. And it just frustrates the hell out of me because, again, we talked about this in in regards to Hair by Chrissy. You people are so rich that would it be so difficult to spend that million dollars that it costs to book book planes to a private island for your 40th birthday just to throw a lit-ass party in your own home with your family? Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, would it compare to a private island? No. But... It's if you have that kind of money, you can get a hell of a lot more creative in your own home. It just makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Yeah, it just, it angers me. And also they know what they're doing. Like, I don't know if you saw, but there was some coverage about Kendall kind of being under fire because she told all of the attendees no social media. And then the only ones that posted about it were Kim and Kylie. And I don't think people would have found out about it without that. And so then the question is, why? Okay, well, probably because you know that it's, like, wrong and that you're going to get backlash for it. They said that they did rapid COVID testing beforehand, but you had access to that because of your privilege and because of your wealth. And so it just kind of fucking sucks. For me, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to, A, I don't want to vote for people who want to keep the people like that who are so rich, keep them rich. And B, I don't want to support the people who are making billions of dollars by the hour by doing so little 
So like, I'm not going to be buying their products. I'm not going to be, um, you know, watching their show. We're going to still cover them because they're a huge aspect of pop culture, but it just makes you totally rethink like what part you have in the way that you feel like I feel jealous. So what part do we have in that? Okay. I don't need to support them like tangibly. I don't need to follow them. I don't need to watch their shit. That's just how I feel. Again, like I know it's it's getting into political territory and we're obviously kidding kind of, but <laughs> also not. <laughs> and, on kinda. Yeah, no, it just pisses me the fuck off. I and think the Kardashians made me... are on the wrong side. I don't know what they could do differently, but posting about it was the the straw that broke the camel's back for me. 100%. And I think the best thing that came out of this, what helped me calm down and not be so angry, are all the memes that came as a result of I surprised my closest inner circle with yes. a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal <laughs> just for a brief moment in time. It really made my week. Seeing made my week the, too. Seeing the tweets that came out as a result of that. So I'm glad that they got dragged in that way and hopefully that sort of brought them back down to earth. But one more comment on Chloe's interview that she did on Ellen. When Ellen asked her about the backlash, of course she started the statement with something along the lines of, oh, you know, I haven't really seen what people are saying. And I'm just, I couldn't with that. I wish she would have just started the statement with, I know people are upset, but, but she tried to phrase it in a way of, oh, is there something going on? I haven't really (laughs) read anything. I've said that that it somehow got, it somehow got worse. Like, yeah. So more news comes through where Kim reveals that Kanye gifted her a hologram of her late father, Robert Kardashian, who died in 2003. She posted the video on Instagram with the caption, hologram from heaven for my birthday. Kanye got me the most thoughtful gift of a lifetime, a special surprise from heaven, a hologram of my dad. It is so lifelike. And we watched it over and over filled with lots of tears and emotion. Uh, I can't even describe what this meant to me and my sisters, my brother, my mom, and my closest friends to experience together. Thank you so much, Kanye, for this memory that will last a lifetime. Now, before anything, Emily, I I actually want to go into this. There's a lot we could say about the Kardashians, right? But ultimately, we already know that they have the wealth, they have the means to afford something as crazy as this. What I would really like to discuss more is just the idea of this hologram as like a thing that exists outside of like the Kardashian realm. Um, I'm just so curious of your thoughts. When I first saw this, my mind was fucking blown and I just, I had so many feelings. And ultimately there were a lot of conversations going around of like, oh, this is fucking weird. Like, why would Kanye do this? That's traumatizing. I would never want this. I'm sure he knows his wife well enough to know whether or not she would appreciate a gift like that. Sounds like she appreciated it. So I want to remove kind of the context of Kanye and talk more just about like this fucking thing at at hand. So tell me your thoughts. I was low-key scared shitless the first time I watched the video. (laughs) It gave me goosebumps and I did not like it. It made me very uncomfortable. I was like, you know what I would have liked better? Just a home video. Robert Kardashian hanging with his kids, just family memories, childhood memories. I think it was a bit extreme just because like legit it gave me nightmares and yeah. you know I think people cope differently and so I I loved seeing people's reactions on Twitter and half of the people were like wow if I lost a family member I would love something like this just to feel like I could talk to them again and they could talk to me and then the other half were like 
I don't, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. Let me be, this is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. And after, yeah, after I saw this video, it did get me thinking, is this going to become the A new thing. norm? Yeah. For all rich people. And then eventually maybe everybody. And I don't like it. I don't, it freaks me out too much. I think technology has gone too far with this one. <laughs> and I'm not sorry about that. Okay. That, I, I couldn't agree more. And also, so I, when I, I just want to kind of walk through my emotions with this thing because I see this at like 5 p.m. and then I get like really in my feelings. Oh, in context, you know, because um, context is important in this. So my dad died like four, fuck, four years ago and he died like at the same, I think Kim was around 20, I was 19. So, but it was obviously like 20 years ago for her, but I was just thinking like, so it hit me hard because I'm thinking, is this something that I would want? Is this something like I'm thinking about Kim sitting there watching her dad, like say these things that he didn't actually think or say, but rather that Kanye like told his hologram to say, and it just spooked me out. I literally was, I cried that night over this because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know how to feel. And I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable. Like I couldn't put words to what I was feeling. I was like, am I feeling jealous? Am I feeling just weird? Like, was that just weird? And I finally figured it out the next morning. I turned to James and I was like, isn't there a movie where, or several movies where there's like a shapeshifter and people like shapeshift into a a loved one? Okay, no, maybe. Emily, have you seen it? No. You've not seen Pennywise? No, God, no. Oh my God. Okay. Well, basically what happens in It is Pennywise, the clown, you know, the scary clown. Yes. He shapeshifts into other characters, like loved ones, in order to attract them. No, stop. Audrey, I literally have goosebumps. I'm going to freak out. Dude, I hate scary stuff. I don't want to oh talk gosh. about this. This is supposed to be an uplifting podcast. No, it's fine. No, this. I think this is interesting. So hear me out. Okay, okay. So when the hologram of Robert Kardashian is talking, he's initially he's saying things that are like things that you he would probably say. He's like, Kim, I'm so proud that you're becoming a lawyer. I'm so proud that you become this advocate for Armenian culture. I'm watching over your kids. And those are all things that like when I'm picturing my dad, dad, I'm like, yeah, my dad would probably say he's proud of me. He's probably say he's watching over me, whatever. And then when Robert Kardashian or so the hologram of Robert Kardashian says the words, and you married the most, 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 most genius man, then like the entire reality crumbled in front of my eyes. And I was totally. like, what the fuck? That's the part that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like, Kanye literally, like, they didn't meet. Kanye doesn't know Robert. And immediately I just picture Kanye just standing there in a Robert Kardashian suit, like, <laughs> putting on this show. And I immediately, that's when I realized I was connecting it to Pennywise and, like, the way that he, like, conjo- yeah, no, it's fucked. But that's, I feel like I had a breakthrough on why that was so spooky so I was really proud that I actually was able to like figure it out (laughs) that's gonna give me nightmares I'm like the biggest wimp when it comes to anything scary but that that is a great (laughs) connection to make and I'm not gonna watch Pennywise that's the one content that I won't give into for this podcast it's so scary it 
it ruined me for a couple months and I watched it in college. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't you couldn't pay me. Like the hash scene slasher scared me as I mentioned last episode. So this is just a little out of my realm. But yeah, yeah that part totally ruined it for me as well. Like at first I was just captivated by it. Like, whoa, how is this happening? What is he saying? How long does the video go on for? It was taking a few seconds for my mind to catch up to what I was actually watching right. and then agreed when that Kanye quote popped in there it just made me feel uncomfortable and it's like if I were Kim and maybe people on Twitter were saying that might have just been Kanye's sense of humor you know maybe it was a joke and maybe it was or maybe it wasn't but if I were Kim I'd almost be kind of upset like don't put words into my dead yes. dad's mouth you know no, that's exactly the thing. And that's why I was trying to say, like, I don't want to make this about Kim and Kanye because this is a personal thing. Like, I don't know Kim. I don't know Rob. I don't know Kanye. So whatever. I'm just saying, like, in my own life, because even James said to me, he was like, I was trying to think if you would ever want something like that. Like, not that it's, like, realistic, but, like, if I could, you know, create a hologram of your dad, like, saying all these things, would that be something that made you feel good or would it make you feel, like, gross? And I think it would make me feel good if it didn't have any sort of thing about like, and you married the most, 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 like if it was just my dad saying shit that I know my dad would say, like, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm watching over you. Then great. I already know he's thinking those things. So it's fine. I, I think it was really just that like breaking of the fourth wall that made me feel really uncomfortable and just weird. And I don't give a shit if it was good for Kim. Like I'm happy for her. <laughs> if it was good for her, that's great. But like, it wasn't good for me. <laughs> No, I just, I also feel like, and I can't relate to this, but I also feel like seeing something like that would almost make me grieve all over again because exactly. you kinda, you've kind of gotten used to not seeing that person yes. in front of you and now all of a sudden they're back. No, that's a great point too. Like for, for like that t two minutes or whatever long that he's talking, you maybe like trick your brain into thinking that that person is back for that that long and then they yeah. disappear it literally dissipates into a bunch of particles in the air and you're like holy fuck that's not real i just don't know what that would do to my psyche it's like i know that i mean i'm sure and also they're 20 years out from it probably is really nice to see their dad and to hear him like hear his voice or what i guess his voice sounds like i'm assuming and i'm sure it's very special for them again it's like i just think I would caution our, our listeners, if you're ever considering putting together a hologram for a loved one, to check in and just make sure that that's something that they would want. A little wellness check. I also just would love to know what Robert Kardashian was thinking up in heaven. I, I feel like he'd be like, no, please I'm sure don't. he's like, Kanye can suck my ghost ass right now because that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, just there was something in me that said, I don't think Robert Kardashian would approve of this. And this criticism is coming from someone who, you know, constantly makes jokes about my dad being dead as a form of coping. And I still just think there's a line that Kanye <laughs> crossed over when he decided to make this decision. For me, like, I'm sure it's fine with them again. I, I don't give a shit. Yeah, but if this, I'm not even kidding, if this becomes a normal thing and celebrities continue to post about this, I'm going to be unwell because it really, truly didn't sit well with me. No, I want no part of it. I don't want to see any more dead people. Yeah, I've seen enough death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that note. <laughs> okay, guys, well, thanks again for listening to another episode. Hopefully the audio comes out crisp and clean, but if not, just 
just forgive and forget is what I always say. We love you guys. Wishing everybody a peaceful week full of calm energy, good vibes. We're going to get through this week. Yes, we are queen. Okay. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye guys.